I'm glad that we can, though our, our premier dedication existence is to the kingdom of God and to the Lord himself, but that we can still have um, patriotic sentiments and, and love for our, our nation. Yeah? Amen. Yeah. Boy, our founding fathers, they, they knew where it was at, didn't they? They knew. They knew it was so important that it was, they looked to Scripture for, as we were establishing our founding documents, the Declaration of Independence and such. And though this weekend, uh, for many of us, uh, we'll be, you know, this week and, and tomorrow, we'll be gathering with family and friends. We'll be having cookouts and, and swimming and outdoor games maybe and some camping and maybe even some fireworks and vacationing. And uh, we might even, we might even sing some patriotic songs and the like, but we are in fact, a free nation and a free people. But we were once governed in tyranny. And that's not a word that we hear very often anymore. And, um, and how quickly we forget that, you know? And how uh, we were once, in a sense, slaves, if you will. We were, we were told what we had to worship. We were told where we had to worship. We were told how to worship, Right? And it's important for us to remember what things were like back then so that we don't return to that and forget it and have to relive it. Our Our freedom is something that is highly valued, and rightly so. It is treated with the utmost of care. It is guarded and it is protected at all cost because it came at a great, great price, didn't it? It came through the blood of those who gave themselves that others might live free from bondage, amen? One of our country's most important and defining documents is the Declaration of Independence. It's like, we, we've had enough of this. We've had enough. And it was that taxa- taxation without representation, sort of under your thumb sort of thing that we just, we, we'd, have enough, we'd had enough of that. And... Listen to what this section reads, and and you're all familiar with it, but it says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. They don't need to be pointed out because everybody has access to these same things. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are the Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These 
things belong to everybody. Our, our, you know, we were just talking, our founding fathers, they recognized the importance of basing the foundational truths and foundational documents of our government upon the ultimate, if you will, ultimate set of governing laws, which is the Bible. And the Ten Commandments. You know, the, the, the laws that were given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Can, will you turn with me to Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17? And I, it's not often that we reference these things. In many cases, they're just kind of understood. And I think that unless we, we reference them, we go back to them and... and you know, we read them. It's like we're refamiliarizing ourselves with them. It's important for us to do that, lest we forget. All right. Now, these these ten commandments are not going to save you. All right, they're not going to save you from your sin. That's why Jesus came to the cross and went to the cross. Right. So we know that be by our deeds, um, living, if you will, by the Ten Commandments is not going to save us. That comes through Christ alone. I want to make that very, very clear. Okay? But these are ways in which we can live our lives and should live our lives. And the first few are how we um, relate to God. And then the others are how we relate to each other. And I just want to read those together here. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who what? Those who hate me. This is taken out of context often outside of church settings. And it's misunderstood. For those who hate God, punishment is exacted for generations. But for those who love God, and here it is, but showing love to how many generations? A thousand generations, which means like long, 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 long time, right? But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Big, big, big difference. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any uh, foreigner residing in your towns, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day 
and made it holy. All right? So these first are between us and God. You can see that, right? And now it changes. Honor your father and mother so that, they may, so that you may live long in the land and that your Lord, your God, is giving you. So now it's, it's between us, us. Honor your mom and dad. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Wow, seems like we're hearing about this stuff every single day. Hmm, interesting. You shall not give false testimony about your neighbor. Don't lie about your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or certain... Uh, or female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So respect your neighbor's stuff, all right? Don't be taking it to yourself. Don't be wanting all his stuff. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet the, the, and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear, all right? Now, so these are the commandments uh, a few of them, the 10, by which we are to live to God and with each other, all right? And um, as a matter of fact, talking about some of these founding documents and, um, you know, the uh, use of Scripture in, in these documents, um, we can see that in Washington and other prominent buildings um, that the Ten Commandments are shown on them, or Moses with the books, you know, the two stone tablets. And you can find these things, though some people are trying to get them taken off, you know. And at one time, on public uh, municipality buildings, there would be the Ten Commandments, and um, a lot of that is not even seen anymore these days. All right? Yep. And so, little by little, these freedoms that have been fought for are just being chipped away. Chipped away. But we recently had a... And, you know, I'm not going to make any apologize for my stance on this, um, I'm, I'm very glad that Roe versus Wade was, uh, was overturned. And I think that is a great win for all people. Life is a gift from God. Life is a gift from God. No one has the right to be taking that. May God bless our country for this. I don't know. I suspect that our country, unfortunately, because of the many wrong decisions that we've made, will be paying for those things. And I do believe that that's coming. But I pray that this, this one thing will make a difference in our country, and in the lives of people. Um, you know, we 
we, so in a sense, our freedom was bought with a price, wasn't it? And what was the price? Uh, as a nation. What was the price that was paid for that? The blood of those who fought for that freedom, right? And in the same way, we, the Bible says that we, have, we are not our own, that we have been purchased with a price. And what would that price be? Yeah, the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Christ the Lord. I want to quote some things um, to you. Our founding fathers were drawn to texts like Leviticus 26, which lays out the covenant relationship between the children of Israel and, and God. And as we just read, the, uh, the Ten Commandments and whatnot, um, Dr. Benjamin Rush was a physician, social reformers, and a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He's not one that you hear much about, but Rush was respected by the leading political figures of the day. In a conversation about the perfectibility of man and religion's role in making men and nations happy. You know, there was not 100% perfect agreement when these um, documents were, were being formulated. There was some uh, disagreements that had to be worked out, all right? And so they came to a place to where they could agree on what they were signing their names to. All right, and this was one of the guys that did that. Um, both Rush and John Adams lamented the moral decay they witnessed in the world around them. By renouncing the Bible, Rush said, philosophers swing from their moorings upon all moral subjects. Moorings, do you know what a mo mooring is? Yeah, mooring is where they tie up boats, all right, and, and they leave them there. You can, uh, you'll, you may see signs in, in various places by lakes that says no mooring and that you can't, can't tie your boat up there. All right. So what they're saying here is um, philosoph philosophers swing from their moorings upon all moral subjects. So they're getting away from the things that they were once held to. It is the only correct map of the human heart that ever has been published it contains a faithful representation of all its follies, vices, and crimes. He then concluded, all systems of religion, morals, and government not founded upon it, on, <laughs> on this, the Bible, uh, must perish, and how consoling the thought. He said, so anything that is done regarding our government that is apart from the Bible, must perish, these guys said. It will not only survive the wreck of all of these other systems, but the world itself. The gates of hell, they quoted, shall not prevail against it. Matthew 16, verse 18. 
Adams replied, the Bible contains the most profound philosophy, the most perfect morality, and the most refined policy that ever was conceived upon this earth. It is the most Republican work in the world, and therefore I will still revere it, and that doesn't mean Republican the party, okay? Without national morality, a Republican government cannot be maintained. Daniel Driesbach, professor at American University School of Public Affairs, Department of Justice, Law and Criminology, the book of Deuteronomy was alone the most frequently cited work, followed by Montesquieu's The Spirit of the Laws in America's Founding. In fact, Deuteronomy was referenced nearly twice as often on John Locke's writings, and the Apostle Paul was mentioned about as frequently as Montesquieu and Blackstone, who would have been the most cited secular theorists of the day. Driesbach believes that one of the reasons Deuteronomy looms so large in this literature is because it is, in a sense, a digest of the books of Moses. From history, we know that the books of Moses had a tremendous influence on colonists going all the way back to the pilgrims and the Puritans. The verses in Deuteronomy is scripture, the verses in Deuteronomy is scripture that Americans would be familiar with. Our founding fathers were drawn to texts like that spoke about liberty, such as Galatians 5.1, which says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. According to Driesbach, this was a very attractive text to Americans of the founding era, to founding... Uh, to founding fathers often spoke and wrote openly on liberty and freedom, how to keep it strong, how liberty could be taken away, and how freedoms could be lost. Benjamin Franklin said, We have all one common cause. Let it therefore be our envoy contest. Who shall, be, who shall most contribute to the security of the liberties of America? Thomas Jefferson also said, the liberties of our country, the freedom of our civil constitution are worth defending against all hazards and it is our duty to defend them against all attacks. What the patriots voiced over 240 years ago is just as valid today. So as you can see, and the, these quotes go on and on and on. I just find them... Uh, incredibly interesting and, you know, encouraging as well on what our, the life that we live was founded upon. You know, I think that our founding fathers would probably turn over in their graves if they were to see what things were like today. That the blood that was shed to gain freedom from tyranny has been in a sense, these freedoms have been given or taken away. Our nation, I believe, is, is at a crossroads. And we may have already been through that intersection. Um, our nation 
is in trouble. Our nation is in trouble because of its lack of morality. Our nation is in trouble because of its refusal to recognize God and its flat-out rejection of God. And we are only by his grace and mercy, I believe, still free today. I know that's a big thing to say. And it's hard for us as Americans to think of anything else of America any other way than the biggest and strongest and most beautiful nation in the whole world. It's hard for us to think anything else but that. And there's a great pride in that, you know. But I, I think that the days are coming, and this is not a popular thought, I get it, but I, I believe it to be truth. But the days are coming when those things will not be so free. And the freedoms that we once enjoyed and maybe, you know, even to this day enjoy, they won't be so free anymore. God help us. God help us. And I don't say that to scare you. I say it to prepare you. Right? And that doesn't mean, I don't mean to amass guns. Uh, You know, I don't mean to uh, dig yourself a hole and and find a place to hide. And no, no. I, that's not going to help you, but you can, you can um, defend what was written in our Constitution, and thus you should know what it says, okay? You should um, be vocal about those things that are, thank you. Um, hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah, this is a little pocket Constitution. That's pretty neat. We can get more of these. If you'd like some of these, uh, let us know, and, uh, and we'll get you one of those. That's pretty neat. Um, but I think more so than all of this um, patriotic um, talk that we need to adhere to the Lord. Amen. He is our hope. Amen. He is our salvation. The Bible says the name of the Lord is What? A strong tower, the righteous, what? Run into it. And they are? They are saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. Praise God. Let us run to the Lord. Let us live in peace with each other. Let us enjoy the freedoms that have been given to us, and let us consult Acknowledge and involve God in everything that we do as a people, as a family, as a community, and as a nation. Would you stand with me today? I wonder if we can put Bill on the spot to come up with a a patriotic song. All right, we'll see what we can do here. Let's close in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus... We come before you today. Lord, we thank you for your word that it is, as our founding fathers recognized, the guiding force, the guiding force for all humanity. 
And Lord, by it, we are able to live in peace with you first and in peace with each other. Father, we pray that we would respect other people, that we would show the love of Jesus to other people. Father, of all nations, of all uh, nationalities, of all languages, of all colors and and races and creeds, and, and, and Lord, may the light of Jesus shine through us to other people. And may we point them to you. We pray for our country. We're afraid for our country. We're sorry for our country in, in the way that we have turned from you, O oh God. And we pray your grace and your mercy upon us. And Lord, as it says in your word in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Lord, heal our land. We recognize our sin. Forgive us, Lord, for it. And forgive our countrymen. In Jesus' name, amen.